Hello everyone, I'm David Allen, I'm the producer of Boo. I'm sitting here with Anthony C. Ferranti, the director and writer, Sherry Bryant, my co-producer, and Chris Conley, the editor of the film. Uh, we, first of all, we just want to thank you for either buying or renting the DVD, and uh, we're here to just have some fun and talk about the movie. Anthony? Yeah, well, one of the things um, that uh, we kind of attempted to do here with the opening is, you know, we're shooting in Los Angeles, and I always hated seeing horror movies that it was obvious we were in Los Angeles, and this is a small town movie, and one of the things I was always impressed of is that Halloween was shot in L.A., even though you felt it was Illinois, and it was a mix of locations. That's so, Anthony's wife and daughter on yeah, the right. Yeah, there's my wife and daughter <laughs> right there. They just popped up. They were uh, walking They were on there. the right side. Um, and uh, so we, we shot out in Santa Clarita. This is my wife, uh, Pam's uh, brother's house that we shot at for this scene, which was our little homage to Halloween. And if you look on the outside of the house, the, uh, the actual address is 1978, which was sort of um, our little nod to Halloween being done in 1978. So we're full aware that we're, we're paying homage to, to the great movie. Um, this little sequence here was actually concocted, Hello. I believe, uh, in 1987 or 88 after a friend of mine, uh, Bill Martell, the screenwriter, we were talking about how we didn't really like the four and five of Halloween. We said, well, we can come up with a great sequence. And we, we just were throwing around silly ideas and we came up with this. And we put it into some script at some point and changed it later. And I told him I wanted to use it for this. And we, we put it in here and it's, it's sort of pretty much well, intact except for all the little dialogue stuff that uh, you're hearing here. Why don't you learn um, to speak up? It's the uh, the whole thing with the little girl that's coming up was in the original idea, and then and then the and then the video on the TV is one of your music videos, right? Anthony? Oh, it was a short film I did. A, a short film, right. many many years ago, called Bum Rap. Uh, basically, it was shot for a film class at San Francisco State about a killer doll in this drive-in. We shot it in a day on on Super 8 and cut it together, and then years later I put music to it and sound and stuff. So. Well, this is Chris Conley. I'm the editor, and uh, I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to be contributing, but I'm pleased to be here. Thanks, David. <laughs> and uh, this scene was actually uh, kind of on the cutting block for a while. There was a lot of talk about whether we should just get right into the action. And um, I know Anthony and I sort of worked hard. We believed in it, and we ended up just really, really cutting it down uh, over time to really get just to the essence of this scene to keep it, so. Had a wrestling match with me and Sherry, and you guys won, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah, it took, a, it took a while. Well, actually, part of this whole thing, it shows you the beauty of editing, is um, we, basically, the whole idea of this scene led into the title, Boo, which uh, originally, um, the scene extended out to where uh, Jesse and her boyfriend are up against uh, the wall, and she jokes with them and says, I'm, I've got someone to tell you, I'm pregnant. And, and he goes, what? And then she goes, um, just kidding, you know? And she goes, boo. And then they kiss and it cuts to the title, boo, on the next frame. The way we ended up reworking that is kind of looping over some dialogue, so it ended up being uh, her giving a call and response to uh, Jalone to lead into something we'd already shot with him saying boo. And then she smiles and goes into the title. The only thing I miss from that is their kiss because it's like one of the few moments in the movie where there's some warmth going on with the two characters where you kind of feel that they had a relationship. I think another thing that was important about this opening scene is that show of physicality by, uh, by Trish there. Uh, the character of Jesse, she flips him and there's a callback to that later. And I yeah. think it would have 
not played as well if we hadn't seen it earlier. I, I agree. Later, you, you 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 somewhat foreshadow what she does to him at the very end of the film. I also know this whole blood thing on her neck. It's it was a big thing. We we had it in there with her line saying, "It's you know, is this going to come out?" And we cut it out, and then we kept going. You know, people aren't understanding that it's fake blood. It's like her neck's cut, and so finally we we put it back in. I still think people aren't sure. Originally, they go, "But but she's she's got her throat slashed." So. <laughs> It's, you know, you got to keep the audience in mind because you understand what it is, but sometimes uh, the intent doesn't necessarily come across in the film. This is kind of a nice sky replacement yeah. shot or effects guy. Yeah. Uh, Michael, Michael Shelton. Shelton. Michael Shelton. <laughs> now, here's, here's the beauty of Michael Shelton as a visual effects guy. Um, one of the things that really sucks in low-budget movies is that, you know, you have black skies because you can't light it and make it look pretty. And Michael came to us and said, look, I can replace all the skies and make them look nice. And it was very subtle And he sub did. Subtle they looked things. fantastic. You get little it, clouds. It was nice. In the opening shot of the house as well, the sky had been replaced. I just love the wide shots, though, of the exterior of the hospital. Linda Vista Community Hospital. That's where we shot. And what a scary building that, that is. Incidentally, go ahead. Haunted, well, com too. Coming up here is, is my favorite yes, cut of the movie right. as the editor. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the cut into the, to the light with the dust falling. Oh, right I love here. that. I love that, too. It's just a nice touch, yeah. and uh, hats off to Anthony for even mm -hmm. shooting something like that, because you wouldn't normally see it in a movie like this. So. One of the things, too, you should notice, like with the dog, um, the dog was another instance where we almost had to, to cut it from the film before we shot it. We trained, her name's Duchess, we trained uh, the dog to actually do everything. This is my fa this is my favorite. This is where I love. This is where the movie really opens for me. Is all the lights coming on? It's like the hospital is waking up. Yeah. Well, that was, that we shot a lot of this too, as much as possible. To, to we didn't know exactly how this would cut together. We just knew that we wanted to get a lot of ambience of the hospital. Mm -hmm. So when the lights turned on, we had this stuff. And I think this was a Chris and I thing where we were sitting there going, "Let's establish the elevator as well to lead into the next yeah. scene." Well, the hospital is really the main character in this movie, thanks to our production designer, Sam Greenman, who just did a phenomenal job. And Private Island, who really brought the yeah, sound. Yeah, the sound just yeah. really, really helped. Now, here's Dynamite Jones. This, the, is, this the, is Anthony's homage to the 70s black exploitation. There's Count Kimpula, which gets, always gets a last laugh when his uh, thing comes up on screen. And this was shot like that stuff, because this was the last thing we shot in the movie, and we had no time. And the whole intention was it had to be shot sloppy and fast, except for those first two shots. And Count Pimpula was one of Danny Wayne's um, good friends, good friends yeah. and actors in the old um, the old series. What was it? Uh, you know what was it? The, where they all had the robots. The oh, Power the Power Rangers. Rangers. Power Rangers. He was one of the Power Rangers years he and years was. ago when they first. Yeah. We have a deleted thing that we never saw of uh, of Count Pimpula actually doing sort of a Michael Jackson James Brown dance thing. So it was that, hysterical. This next thing coming up here. That, in fact, that's Danny Wine's car right there. We used both his we car used in two places. We used two of Danny's really, really cool cars. The street sign here, which only a few people that know when I grew up with, uh, Cortez and Buchanan and Cortez was the uh, the street that I grew up on, Cortez, and Buchanan was a cross street. So I put that in there as an in-joke to my hometown in Antioch, California. Um, so that's, was, that's a funny one, Anthony. Oh, yeah. I bet everybody's cracking up. Oh, I know that, you know, they're, they're <laughs> laughing their butts off right now. It's like, my God, this guy just put the most obscure references imaginable in this movie. Well, I'm still expecting to learn stuff today because as many times as I've seen the movie, you know, it took me forever to figure out that all the little things to do with the number three meant something. I mean, 
Shimini. Well, the whole the whole concept is this movie is predicated on the concept of three, and um, we have the third floor. We have the third floor. There's three people oh, at this, the end. That I survive. have to say, this music right here is my favorite. The the bells, and isn't that Danny's wife? Yeah, Heather's Heather, music. Yeah, yeah. Dar, uh, dark Sky, blue Sky Marsden is her yeah. is her uh, name on the CD. Everybody go out and get her CD. It's great. <laughs> so, so the whole thing of the three, you have uh, you have the three people that survive. There's three ghosts. Third floor. Um, mm -hmm. I love you is an important thing in terms of uh, what's going on with Jesse. And actually, Brian O'Toole, who uh, was one of the co-producers on the movie, he was always joking with me about uh, the uh, the notion of the three. And he finally said, "Well, nothing ties together with it." And he finally came up with something. And said, "Look, what if you put it in the." Uh, in the rec room during the fire later on in there, the clock stops on three. And when he came up with that, it was brilliant. I mean, That's it was a, great a really idea. great thing. And it finally kind of solidified it because I was trying to wrap myself around of how can we tie it all together. And he, that, he that came up with everybody died at three o'clock. Yeah, I mean, it's an obvious floor. thing. Yeah. I mean, it's something that they did in the Changeling, which there's a lot of references. But he said, you know, why don't you do that? And so, Gosh, did you did you reference Changeling a little bit? The movie Changeling? <laughs> no, 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 Just not a really. Bit? I'm a big fan that's, of the That's something we need to point out is all the Changeling. And, and we all love that movie, so. Oh, we uh, ended up... I, I do have to say, Duchess did a great job in this movie. I think you started to talk about her. Oh right? yeah, Duchess. Um, so if you look, she, at, she died right after this. Yeah, movie, she passed away of cancer. Uh, she was a great dog. Uh, she was our neighbor's dog. Never had any training, and did a fantastic job. And if you notice, when we shoot her, we always get one master, and then we do the close-ups, and the rest of the time we didn't need her there. So that's the trick. If you watch it closely, whenever she's in a frame, the trick was the master close-ups, and she was gone. And then the rest of it was all done in the close-ups with. Uh, the lead actor. And then a milk bone. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I think in this scene would get her to move her head. I was uh, like having like a, a cookie in front of me or something. I forget how that worked. Now here's a scene that plays largely in darkness. Yeah. And it's a testament to Private Island once it is. again. The, the, the sound that Michael McDonald and his crew did here, Dan Bolts, all of them just made the scene right here because of the sound. And there's a risk in doing stuff like this, but I, I figured, you know, the scariest thing you could do is put someone in a elevator and have something there behind him right before it goes black. And it's it's sort of offset by that line. Um, Don't slap your hands. <laughs> it's offset by the fact that uh, there's a little joke before that. Is, uh, is there any leftover medication, which um, Emmett came up with, Happy Mahaney? Well, we did find leftover medication. I mean, this hospital, I mean, it doesn't look as bad as some of the walls here because of what a great job Sam did. But this thing was built in 1880, rebuilt in 1920, abandoned like in 1992. And we found old medication with dates of 1991, 92. Sherry, if you uh, don't quit talking, the rest of us are gonna <laughs> You guys are uh, I love doing this. all the talking That's here. the 333 that it took me a long time to figure out that somebody on the set said, oh, halfway to hell, 333. Get it? I always I love that, it. but I didn't get it at first. <laughs> I thought it was awesome. Great reference. Halfway well, to hell. You know, and, and the great thing about um, Happy in, the, in these scenes and the dog, I mean, by cutting the dog out, um, you kind of like, you don't care about this guy going in there, but with the dog there, you sort of feel safe. And I think that was one of the intentions of keeping him in there because you want to be with him. You want to be with him and you want to make sure the dog's okay. And of course, things happen later that's... Uh, it's pretty uh, grim, and this is our Arlo Ray Baines. This is another scene, Chris, that uh, yeah, this we, is... we cut down. I mean, there was a lot of blah, blah dialogue stuff, and um, cut it down to the essence. And well, there, were, there were definitely several scenes in the movie where we, we spent a, uh, an inordinate amount of time making them work for one reason or another, and, uh, you know, ultimately, we, we made it all work. Well, <laughs> one of the things, great. too, about the dialogue in, in, this, in this film is that the, the key reason why the earlier stuff, there's so much dialogue, 
dialogue is that we have so much exposition because once you get into the heart of the movie, there's not a lot of stuff going on in terms of dialogue. A lot of it's searching the hospital. Um, the shit hits a fan sequence, which we'll point out later, is the, is the next big exposition thing. But a lot of the movie is people discovering things and finding things in creepy hallways. And I've always been a big fan of that kind of thing. And, you know, it's, it's we're fortunate enough that uh, we were able he to do a lot of that because most horror movies, you know, the people making them don't want to see that. They want to just get to, you know, sex and violence. And uh, we have a lot of ambience in here. Well, I, I, I think that we Nothing against sex and violence now. No, no, no. Well, we have violence and we have sort of, you know, you know, sex. One of the things that uh, happened with this movie, as is typical of a lot of, uh, you know, independent, lower-budgeted films, was we, we had a pretty aggressive post-schedule. We had to make a cut pretty quickly. And um, Anthony's a pretty driven director, and he was a slave driver. We were working 12, 15, 18-hour days for the weeks we had allotted. And then I, I think um, David and Sherry and Brian O'Toole saw the, the sort of the results of that labor, and, and they gave us some more time, which was great. And it became very collaborative at some point, and, and that was very nice because we were able to take some of those scenes that were troublesome and with everybody's head working. It's all Sherry. She's a whip cracker. She cracks the whip everywhere. <laughs> one, one of the other interesting things, too, is, uh, again, considering that, you know, we're a modest budget on this thing and we didn't have uh, a lot of footage to play with, and one of the great things working with Chris is that we we kept trying to remember different things about what we shot, little, you know, Oh, Jay, of I have to bring up Jay Ward. Jay Ward. Bull, Bullwinkle guy. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, I know you didn't mean to do that, but oh, I always joke I'll that... I'll explain the J-word thing in a second, but um, the whole thing with... Um, Bullwinkle and Rocky. <laughs> with all the little uh, um, tail end stuff is that we pulled stuff and, and stuck it in and made it feel like we had a much fuller movie because it worked. You know, we had like little tiny bits and pieces here and there, and, and we used things. Uh, there's another, there's a really great uh, trick um, that we used in a car scene where we actually reverse the shot and it looks like the car is going past them when it was actually going the other direction. That Just, was Anthony's idea, and I thought he was crazy as a loon, but it plays. <laughs> we'll, we'll show you when it shows up. Now, Jay Ward, um, I grew up in Northern California, and in Martinez, the mental institution was uh, called Jay Ward. And my entire life, I thought the mental institution was Jay Ward. And whenever I'd have talked to people about it, they'd look at me like I was crazy. I'm like, Jay Ward, it's a mental institution. This place right here, the old abandoned funeral home, was just literally right across the street from the hospital. Yes. We just, I mean, we kind of stole the shot one night. And uh, it, it was, you it know, worked it really good. Took, took several hours. But uh, in fact, that's Sherry's car. I just it now is. remember that's Sherry's car. <laughs> I still have it. Sherry's Subaru. Um, so the whole Jay Ward thing, um, uh, it took me a, a while before someone pointed out, finally, no, that's just, uh, that was the uh, actual name of the ward, uh, mm -hmm. the building, J building. I Martinez. thought you did it on purpose to name it after J no, Ward, the anim no. animation But I'm guy. hoping to create a trend where now yeah. all mental institutions are now called J Ward sure. with the movie. That's the whole goal. Or, or named after cartoon characters. I want to be in the Fred Flintstone ward. <laughs> <laughs> Now this is one of my favorite sequences coming up because this is a whole thing based completely on sound. And um, we have a little scare coming up here where there's a little pop. And every time we did the sound, I said, crank up the pop really loud. And everybody's going, no, 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 this is, you know, it's too loud. It's like, no, it'll scare people. And each time we did it and cranked it up, um, I remember Michael going, you know what? That really works because I was sitting here alone one day and uh, it scared the crap out of me. 
And that's the beauty of the scene, because you don't know, is something going to come up from the sheet? What, what's going to happen? And I, I love that kind of stuff, where you're not sure something scary is going to happen here. And again, production design stuff from Sam Greenman. Uh, amazing job. Here's that car shot. This is actually a reverse shot. The car actually is going the other direction, and we stole it to get this across that they're driving really fast. And I remember Chris going, you're nuts, you're nuts. It's like, no, try it. I don't it. think I even knew that. I, actually, I think what, <laughs> what do you I mean the car's going the other direction? Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the car wasn't going the other direction. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was a shot of uh, Bane sitting there, and the car drove oh. left, right to oh, left. Oh, right, right, right. It was when we were. It was actually some other car that was in our shot, but we used it. Yeah, it we, was some civilian just driving by. I thought you meant the Mustang just now pulling up his driveway that we reversed the footage or something. I didn't know what you meant, but this is another thing that wasn't scripted, but we found the footage. We actually did a lot of green screen. Uh, Michael Shelton did a lot of green screen with Dee Wallace on, uh, on like you know being the ghosty nurse. And um, I wanted to figure out something for her to give her a reason to walk to the hospital. And we just always thought she had a sense that there was something happening at the hospital and cut to the flashback. We had the shot of Dee on the green screen turning toward the camera. And I thought, it'd be great if we just composited it in there. And then that would give her reason to go forward to the hospital. And to me, it's also one of the creepiest things in the movie. And it's a very simple gag. But again, it's using the footage that you have and saying, hey, let's add an extra bit to it. Um, so I was really uh, happy we were able to get away with this, and uh, we color corrected the heck out of all these uh, yeah. flashback sequences because I never really got the flavor I wanted when we were shooting it. I wanted it to always be kind of blown out, and again, not having the ability to do that, we were able to do that when we color You don't really it. know why she picks up the, the keys, of course, till later, and she puts them in her pocket, but it's kind of cool that a spirit can throw keys back in time, or forward in time, and here, you know, I always thought that was a cool part of the script. As a director, too, the, the literalness of this whole key bit, um, we finally kind of threw out the window in the editing, because, you know, it's almost like it appears every once in a while for her. And, um, you know, when you have a big action sequence, like later in the movie, where they're trying to break through this door, it's like, well, she just has the keys. They appear again, you know, just forget it. What? Can't uh, be too literal. You can't do these things. So this is uh, this is all out. This is all right out near the street in the front yard of the uh, hospital. This was the last day of shooting. We did a, the uh, main part of the crew, myself, DP, um, producers, um, and some of the actors. We did almost a 20-hour day. We did half the day as second unit, picking up a lot of stuff that we needed to pick up, and then we did a full night to get all most of the night stuff. And this was one of those things at like three in the morning. Um, it was a long, long day. It, was, it really was. I, I, I don't that know well. how we pulled this stuff off without having... Coffee. <laughs> we had the cappuccino Oh, and the fire marshal, too, was saying, <laughs> you're gone in two hours, you know? Mm. We didn't have a choice. But, the, you know, again, these actors, we had some amazing actors. That, you know, I've worked on a lot of films as an effects supervisor and second unit director, and, you know, there's always people that are kind of problematic, and these guys just, they work so hard. We, we really talked about the characters and tried to figure out the relationships. And, and for a lot of these people, it's their first movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's probably. amazing. Yeah, in fact, what's the story about uh, Nicole, uh, what's the actress who plays uh, Meg? Mm -hmm. oh, Rachel, Rachel, oh, Rachel yeah, okay. Melvin. This is a great story. Okay, so Rachel Melvin, who plays Meg, that you'll see later here, um, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it when she comes up. Yeah. We'll, we'll, <laughs> but unfortunately, most of our actors, you know, went on to some pretty cool stuff. Rachel I tell you, I've told a lot of people I feel like a star maker when I go and find these people that, that, that you know, you guys interview them and then show them to me and I'm like, we're not going with him, but we're going with him and, you know, it's Trish and Rachel and Jalone and Josh and Nicole, all of them are fantastic actors. They really Sam, are. Brilliant Sam. I, I wanted Welcome on the Pumpkins and I don't think anybody but Sam could have made it no, that No, they look creepy. great. 
Um, there was another bit after this where they came back and the pumpkins were all squished together. Yeah, green, I wish we'd been able to keep that. But it just, you know, it, it was like the pumpkins had suddenly, you know, warped down and shriveled. It was really a good scene, but it, was, it just it was didn't a good idea fit. It was a good scene. It, it just didn't, didn't work. Yeah. It, it, I think his problem is we needed to make them glow more, and it just mm -hmm. didn't, didn't happen. Yeah. This is something I love. I love this little bit yeah. just because it's just like it's he's such a sad sack. And, she's so blowing him off. And you know she knows she's being a bitch here, which which is also I like. She's aware of it, and um, you know I, I like those little touches because you don't again you don't really get those in a movie. She's this like, hey. was this was right here. This hallway, Anthony, is where you first took me when we toured this hospital. And li believe it or not, it was in the middle of the day. There was none of this light there, and it scared the hell out of me. This, the, wa walking in this hospital is what convinced me we had to make this movie. Yeah, well, see, that's the thing. Um, the whole story came about when, uh, for the movie, um, I wrote Boo about five years ago when I worked on a film called Progeny with Bri director Brian Hughes, and I did make the effects in some second unit. And we explored the hospital, and I, I said, this is a great place to write a script, single location. But until you see the location, you don't really, I mean, the script was good, but when you walk in, that's like, damn, we're making it. I had a lot of people want to make it over the years, and I realized, okay, guys out there, uh, budding filmmakers, you want someone interested, drag them to something that you've sh you've written something for and show people, because once you get it, you get, oh, I get this, oh, I see it. And it's pre-production design, and everybody used it as a brand new hospital. But so much of the atmosphere of the place is what is what oh, yeah. comes through, even before production design gets a hold of it. All right, we got to talk about this. This is one of my oh, favorites. Oh, yeah, I love... Kevin Wozner, our makeup effects guy, this was another piece to that puzzle of the dog thing. Originally, it was just the dog looking normal, but his back half. Well, crawled to warn yeah, his back half. And, his, and separated. he separated in the middle. And I just said, Anthony, there's no way we can do this. And Kevin made this dog over a weekend at home mm -hmm. and brought it in and said, I don't know if you want to do it, but here's, and we just were blown and away. Here's the puppeteer thing. Uh, we did a little tiny, uh, simple kind of gag here, an old-fashioned gag for the ghosty girl that worked better. I remember we had some visual effects that were all too optical and looked too visual effectsy, and ultimately we just took a silhouette of the little girl and cut it out in Photoshop, and kind of moved her across. And this is all puppeteer. This is not animatronic. Well, uh, there is some visual on the neck it's that, very that, minor too. that Michael added later. Just Michael, very Michael minor. I wanted to prove that uh, uh, Kevin that, that you didn't you saw little fingers in there. And you but it still looks good. No, it's incredible. Kevin Wozner blew me away on this movie, his special effects. And this is where we just constantly keep layering stuff on here. We have that scare, and now we have something uh, watching them in the background here. Which I really want to insist that you saw, you actually saw this shadow because it freaked me out when I saw it. Yeah, I, I, there was there yeah. was quite a bit of debate. This was shot. There was another there was another option that that I didn't really go for, and and him actually standing up full figure, I really wasn't. Now this this one of my scene, funniest lines. One of the funniest lines, my favorite there was was also when uh, when he says, "Oh, your name's in here, Freddie," and he goes, "Oh, really? It is." Just this, thought it was funny this scene dog. right here was one another one where I thought it would never work, and I in fact didn't cut it in in my first assembly because I, I told Anthony it won't work, <laughs> and he said, "Well, let's just put it together." And uh, in fact, it works fantastically. And if you watch it real closely, the character is never moving when the girl's there, which is why I thought it wouldn't work. He's absolutely still with yeah. the ghost girl, and then you cut to him; he's wiping his eye. You cut to his back; he's absolutely still. But somehow. It plays, your eyes drawn to the ghost. Well, you made it work, Chris. Well, you know, the thing with that, too, is that what the original intention was that it was supposed to be little, if, the reason why I wanted him still was it was supposed to be flickers in one t shot. And then that's why it wasn't going to cut together properly. And then we sat there and we tried to figure out, well, what else can we do? And that's how that kind of came about, cutting back and forth. You know, but, um, you know, it's, 
it's, it's one of those things, it's trial and error with a horror movie. You know, you don't know necessarily if some of these little in-camera tricks work. Normally you have a visual effects budget to solve problems, and I was trying to go for more practical stuff. We did enhance much more later, but, uh, you know, it's, it's trial and error. It's suspense, you know, it's all based on, we, don't, we didn't even know, with, we didn't have the sound or the music, and we had to assume how it would play. So. Sam Greenman went and drew that face on that elevator just, I mean, like in, in like five, five minutes. minutes. Yeah, he's, he's brilliant. He's a great illustrator. And, and that, was, that was one of the freakiest things. Is I knew he was going to draw Jacob's face, but God dang, look what he did. It just blew us all away. Well, now, here's the thing with Sam, too. I always, in the script, it was never intended necessarily to be Jacob's face. It was just well, supposed to be a scary face, and I, Sam I, I, I came know. up with that. Yeah, I thought it was just supposed to be a scary face, too, but when he did that, I said, oh, this looks like Jacob's going to look like. This is the director hating a decision here. Yeah, I, I wish we would have yeah. said, Caitlin had the half that said Caitlin, yeah, not white. Yeah. But again, you know, you make these choices in, in, the, in a quick moment and, and you realize what you should have done. I did really like, though, how the blood flowed out of the three because when you picture this when you're reading the script and you look at the storyboards, you still don't know until it actually happens, and they did a good job on that. The blood flowing out of the wall. The dynamite matches was one of your things, Anthony, where his yeah. name is Dynamite Jones. And you know, the uh, the elevator is like a central character in this oh, movie, yeah, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. As the editor, I didn't even realize for a long time that that elevator was a set. It was all built oh, yeah. and fabricated. Isn't that amazing? And <laughs> well, the, the thing with the elevator, too, is they didn't have elevators, but I wanted an, uh, what I call an anachronistic elevator. I told Sam I wanted it much bigger because I wanted to be able to play with it inside there with the actors and the scenes. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to have that little uh, light hang down that was an old-fashioned light. I mean, that would be, never be in an elevator like this. He pulled plates the off. One with other, the cage over the ball, yeah. yeah. He pulled because I needed the flickering, and I just thought yeah. that's creepy. We had shots. All these doors are open by two people with ropes. Yeah, that's <laughs> what. A, that's what. Oh, where the doors never would open completely evenly, and so it was. We had two PAs doing that. I was like, wait. Two PAs would be pulling that. I, and what was funny is, is later when they they have all the blood dumped on them, and you see the plate of the the, the number lighting up. It's pretty slick. Sam the other thing too with the floors job. is that I was very specific about geography. I think everybody got on my case for like how anal I was about geography Jesus in the movie. Jesus Christ, do we have to hear about geography yes. again? So, so oh. the elevators, if you notice, the idea behind the first floor, even though it's the same set, it, that the first floor elevators have a brown look and then the third floor has the green look. And there was all these kind of things to know where this place was because I wanted people to get a sense right. of it. In some respects, some of the geography gets thrown out the window, but it, it, I think hopefully people watching it over and over again will see a sense of where this things are. This was just are. Uh, uh, Emmett trying to scare them with stuff hanging down here. But Anthony drove all of us insane on the set talking about, well, no, 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 the elevator's down this hall and the geography, we would all flip out when he would bring up geography because he, drove he me knew. Insane in the edit room too, yeah, so. well, he had this layout of how this hospital was supposed to be, and I never could figure out which, if we went down this way and then cut to an, I'm like, oh, that's a different hall. No, 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 this is this hallway continue and I'm like wait a minute I and we would take 15 to 20 minutes to go over geography but at the end of the day it works I know it works, it works. I am not disputing that but it confused the hell out of when you're actually looking uh, if you look to am the I right Sherry yes oh I, I'll go out on a limb and say nobody gives a rat's ass no. at this point. No. <laughs> well, I, th I think that if you're Anthony does. Home, no, I think yeah, as a horror fan, which I'm a horror fan, I want to know where things are. And I, I do like too. Where things don't but make this sense. one is being so competent. Here's a, here's a prime example. When she goes down to the elevator at the end of this hallway, Anthony, you told me this was down one way to yes. the right. Yeah. And later when they go, I thought they were. I'm in the elevator. Yeah. Actually, this. I, I was so confused by this right here. 
That, that in was which directions they were going. Anthony and I toyed with. When that elevator opens, it was a stolen shot from earlier in the movie. But it works well. Emmett yeah. gets in the elevator. Yeah, but we actually perfect. played it in reverse with the doors opening instead of closing. This is one of my favorite scenes coming up right here when Jesse walks back from the end of the hallway. You well, can see, the see thing right is, there, the you can see just a shadow. The reason why and, it was so confusing, though, about And on a elevator. smaller TV, sometimes you miss that shadow, but... Yeah, it's just the way it's lit, you know? But I love it. I love it. I it's just want it's something people catch on jump, a second or third viewing. The whole idea is... Oh, like, you don't and she doesn't even see it. Josh sees it. Yeah. Uh, Freddie. Yeah, I love that line. Freddie uh, sees it. Pussy. I love, yeah, I love yeah. when he says yeah. that line. Well, Freddie's given that look like, I see something, but nobody else sees it. And so, I and, agree. And the, um, in the original script with uh, Jalone, with uh, Freddie and uh, Kevin is that they were actually buddies. And one of the things in working with the actors is we realized that Kevin doesn't like Freddie because he's just dealing with him because Marie hangs out right. with Freddie. And that once that happened, Freddie suddenly became a more interesting character mm -hmm. because he's constantly just put upon. And um, I, I just, I thought Jalone played that really well. Um, well this think, is another I sound moment. Did, this did is a sound thing. moment, and uh, this is another case where we stole a shot uh, to get Michael through the door here, which I think worked really well. And this didn't work until finally I, I, I told, I think, uh, Michael and them, because no one really understood what I was going for here, is that I wanted to hear sounds happening on those things. What Originally, does the quarter spinning mean, Anthony? Oh, it was just, I figured it fell out of her pocket. I mean, okay. you, you have to kind of direct the actors yeah. and the characters to a certain location, and, you know, outside, if, if you hear something crashing this in there, little you're not room, gonna go in there. This little room that he's going into. That's the this, stolen shop, this, by this the way. This was all, a lot of this stuff was real, on the set, leftover prescription. So that shot where he walked in with the flashlight straight on, mm -hmm. stolen from him walking into the elevator. Oh, okay. And that's Rachel Melvin, who yeah. um, who's now on Days of Our Lives. Uh, Three-year contract on Days three of Our Lives. Tell, first, tell this is the first thing she's ever done, this movie. Tell the Rachel story. She, she did a great job for us in the read-through, um, but um, she scared the hell out of me um, when she, she was supposed to come in, I think, the third or fourth day. And um, the, the, the day that she was supposed to come in, she was going to be handling a gun and the shit hits the fan sequence later. And she calls me up the next day and says, I'm coming in, blah, 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 blah. So do I need to bring a bag lunch? And I just kept thinking, oh my God, she's going to take this gun and she's going to accidentally kill somebody. But she's such a sweet girl. I mean, I, I tell that story only. only yeah, she thought, think, she thought she had to bring her own food for the, for the movie yeah, set, didn't like, she? Yes, and you're supposed to bring uh, coffee for everyone. And no, she was, she was so but sweet. But she was so generous and so nice to everybody. And, and when we had press come on the set, she did interviews. And, and she's one of the really nicest girls that I think is going to go some places she because she's butt, a really she good actor. I know. Compared, I would, you know we, she I actually came and tried out, I think, first for Jesse. Yeah. She did, yeah. Yeah, and then... And well, then the interesting thing, too, is that um, Jesse came in and tried out for, for Meg. The, so Trish came out yeah, and tried out for... So it ultimately yeah. flip-flopped. But, but Rachel does a better job because she looks younger, she's supposed to be the younger sister, and she just pulled it off. She oh, did a great job. She, oh, and she came in so prepared. I mean, that's what I'm saying. All these actors came in prepared. They wanted to work. They, they didn't matter. Like, uh, Trish, you know, she's afraid of spiders, and she kept saying, look, just, you know, do whatever it takes to get me there. And I, I found out what she was afraid of, which was spiders. And so whenever I really needed her scared, I would tell her, got a box of spiders. And she would just, she'd hate me for it, but she knew what we were trying to do to make it happen. Dig Wayne here was one of our most experienced actors. And uh, we were lucky to get him to play Arlo Baines. Oh, God, he's, he's amazing. Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of his stuff ended up getting cut out. Yeah, well, I, I fought had, to keep it in. would have had a 200-minute movie. If no, we <laughs> would have had a 200-minute movie. There's some great stuff of Dig in there. Just character Hopefully moments. it'll be in the... Uh, in five years, when we we do the director's cut. The unrated right director's yeah. cut, yeah. When I'm dead, you can do the director's cut. Here's our elevator again.
course. Oh, and, and this is the hard part too. This is the thing that frustrated me. Um, uh, we had this elevator set, but because of the way things were shot, some things weren't ready. So if you notice, there's some weird sh angles with the, the walls because some of the walls weren't ready. So we we're always trying to shoot at different places to make. Uh, well, we were always like one day behind Sam. Sam was trying to keep one day ahead of us on his production design with his team, and, and sometimes we would get right up on him. Now, this thing is a very, very creepy sequence, yeah. and yeah. Um, this was what I always called the white room. The white room scene. And um, this, is, this is an instance where, when we were shooting this, I just felt the unease from the crew, and I knew this would work really well, because mostly when you're on a movie and creepy, cool things like makeup See there, the window there? Um, the window the has the necklace. Yeah, uh, Bones Fuller. Yeah, yeah, our second that, AD. That, that necklace is her necklace, and yeah. I told Sam I wanted something in the window, and, and he came, came up with that incredibly idea. Incredibly well. Yeah. Um, but Terry, no one Terry to be Novak. On the set. Terry yeah. Novak did a good job playing the mother here. I mean, she Kevin looked, did the makeup. Kevin, Kevin did, did the makeup, job. making her look like she's cancer ridden. She Really she scared the hell out of everybody. Just, no one wanted to like be on Jacob. set when we shot this. Yeah. It was like the weirdest thing. People stayed away. It was like nice, actually. No one was around. We were able to shoot this. But we were like, man, scene. we need somebody real tall to play Dr. X, you know, the doctor with the uh, little tray treating the cancer patient. And that was Jeanette, and, too. And Bones Fuller, yeah. you know, jumped forward. He was the second AD. Jeanette's his mom, the costume yeah, designer. Yeah. And um, I had this thing in my head, and I kind of sketched the little thing out. Jeanette came back with this. She didn't have money in the budget. said, I'll make it for you. She came back with yeah. this thing identical to what I wanted. It was beautiful. She knows how to make a budget go far. Jeanette's a great, great costume designer. Now, in the director's cut, this this sequence will be by uh, probably like a 30 seconds shorter, because now that I watch it over and over again, there's like a couple lines that just aren't needed. <laughs> and it's too many of these things of her saying, uh, do you hear that? Or whatever that crap is. It's, I want to tighten the scene now. <laughs> You're supposed to make the director's cut longer, not shorter. Well, it'll be give and take. There'll be some stuff put in and some things cut. <laughs> but the thing is, too, we didn't know what, what the movie was going to be until we had really the sound and the music, and at that point we were locked, so you realize there are some things that you could do to kind of condense and tighten that more and, and doesn't destroy the intent. Just generally speaking, from an editorial standpoint, I find that a lot. A writer will often write something, uh, and in independent films, a writer's often the director, and they'll have some kind of an idea. But it's such a collaborative effort, somebody like Sam will have created a set which perhaps makes the point of a piece of dialogue. Yeah. And a director who is willing to pay attention to that sort of thing and make you know compromises in the writing can take advantage of that, shorten things up. And well, I've worked with Sam for years. I've known Sam for like 12 years. He's one of the most amazing artists uh, I love this around. visual effect right here, the smoking, the smoking of Yeah, the that's arm. a visual Michael effect. Michael Shelton did such a good job on that. And, um, and Sam, Sam and I have just worked really well over the years, because I know Sam pays so much attention to detail. And I remember the, the necklace idea in the window, it was always like, what do we want to put in there? We just couldn't come up with it. We thought three, we thought this. With Finally, the, sun he said, coming, the sunlight coming yeah, through, it's brilliant. He just said, you know what? Why don't we just put the necklace mm -hmm. image up? there and going, dude, that's what I wanted. And again, it's one of those things that people will catch the second or third time they watch the movie. There's a lot of stuff like that. There's a lot of subtle yeah. things going on in the movie. That I love layering things in. I have to Unfortunately, tell Unfortunately, this is where you were too subtle. Yeah. This is, this, <laughs> oh, this was, am I right, Conley? Am you I right? so right. Uh, this, is, this is how different two people can read a script. I we mean, need boobs. Uh, when, when I read this script and I read that they were about to do the sex scene and, and I just automatically read that she takes her shirt off. I just did. Yeah. I thought it said, it didn't say we see boobs, but I thought, oh, you know, low budget horror? We're not actually going to see boobs. Anthony's We're too, getting too to the point of shooting this, 
And Anthony and Sherry are, are I'm talking to them, and I'm like, now you've got a, a release from Nicole, right? And, and they're like, what are you talking about? I'm saying for the boob scene, right here. See, she takes your shirt but off. This is I sexy. automatically, on, this no, is I really agree, sexy. I agree. It's a sexy bra. I mean, come on, but this is much I sexier. But when I read it, this is how two different people, I'm like, yes, I admit, I want to see tits in a movie, <laughs> but. That's because most low-budget horror. Talk to Harry Knowles. I don't have I'm any, telling you, I don't have everybody any knows that's movie, what the fanboys look for. But it doesn't it work didn't in belong, this movie. I know, it didn't work. Oh, it didn't it need to be. Made it sheer I completely agree that we did not need it. However, I'm just saying it's funny that how somebody could read something totally different by simply reading the line, she takes her shirt off. I assume. I didn't put she that didn't in. That was not in the script. It was not in the so, script. So I know. She took her shirt. No, she took but her she shirt says off. she takes her shirt off, and right, I right. assume no no bra. You guys assume sexy bra. That scene that you just saw there, that was actually another thing we weren't sure was going to work until we actually saw the high def version because we were we're editing off of uh, VHS tapes or whatever it is in the computer and. And basically, the shot with uh, Baines walking toward the uh, the shadow, it just became all black, and we're going, "Is this going to work?" You get the idea that he's going towards something, and um, it worked really well. It just didn't, here's our here's our little on? ghost girl. Yeah, here's our little ghost girl, Taylor Hurley, who did such an incredible job playing little ghost girl. And um, and it's funny, we just had the cast of Bruce screening a while back, and I and I and I let everybody know. I'm, I said, you know, what's crazy is how good Taylor did. She doesn't have a single line of dialogue in the entire movie. Mm -hmm. You know the trick with all her? of her acting is 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 facial and, mm -hmm. and and body, you know, staying still and she has so much confidence for a little girl. Confidence. Yeah, she's an ice skater. The trick with her, um, with ghost stuff, is having her head tilted and having her yeah, eyes up. Yeah, I agree. And that's what we worked Very on. Very menacing. And, and yeah. you know that that's a simple. And of course, thing. we later find out she's not a bad ghost. It's just you know the yeah. fact she was killed. Now this is actually, I actually really like this scene. This is this is what I sort of considered like a Buffy scene where people are sitting here talking about things that are going on. And these guys did just an amazing job, particularly Trish with the performance. It's it's such a lot of dialogue to get out. And it's such important dialogue to the whole movie and what's going on with her. But she did a she did a phenomenal job and so did Josh. And we kept it going in this just little moving shot without any major cuts once we get into the heart of it. You sure? And we should talk about Carl Bartel too, because you know oh, he's our no, DP. Don't we, don't, <laughs> movie, we don't need the DP to make this movie. <laughs> Carl Bartels Carl was, was a, a genius. DP, yeah. He did a fantastic job. He's done a really, a really fantastic job of giving this hospital a, a creepy ambience and a feel. Had such a, a real good attitude. Atmosphere. He was really, really talented. One of the things about Carl too, when we went into this, um, I wanted to do a lot of uh, long hallway shots, which on low budget movies you can't really light those all the time. And he found ways of doing it. Had someone come up to me who'd, who'd shot something on similar budget, saying, well, "How did you pull that off? What you must have a lot of money." It's like, no, I just had a really good DP that understood how to make that stuff look great. Mm -hmm. Found those little nooks and crannies and really gave it this texture that um, I don't know. There's, it just, it just looks amazing. It looks much bigger than uh, it actually is. Uh. And here's another sound thing, you know, going toward the, the, the sound and, uh, you know, what to expect. And at this point, you know, we're almost into what we call the shit, it's a fan sequence. So we have to start delivering stuff rather than these fake scares. There was a scene there, actually, a long, well, not a long scene, but there was a scene that was an early casualty of the cutting process. I, it may end up being on a deleted no. scene. Oh, it may be a deleted scene, but it, yeah, it's the whole pinching thing. Yeah. Well, we, we lost that when we were shooting. We did the one, we did the one scene where she goes, pinch me, Freddy, 
Yeah, let me know if I'm still around. Yeah, or, or let me know that it's not a dream. And then later on, she's supposed to pinch him, and he's like, But it a got ghost. too long. Well, no, it just didn't work. It was stupid. I think Sherry like brought it up to me things. several times, and I just I was adamant to shoot it. And I, I realized when we were shooting, okay, we can't do this. It just slows it down. Like the like the boohoo, Anthony. Uh, we gotta I talk still about. believe in that guy. No, me and Sherry were like, no way. You know what? I've sort of come work. around on that one too. That's pretty stupid. It's, <laughs> there were a lot of deleted things. Deleted scenes. That, oh, I, I deleted scenes. Me and Sherry were just like, Anthony, we got to get rid of this. This is dumb. I hate this. Though. This this is one thing where I wish we could have had this a little lighter. We should have put some light coming yeah, from like yeah. the, the um, locker. The the first take of the the first cut. You guys, you could see Anthony yeah, in the mirror. Say, in the, the, the the director's reflected in the mirror and, okay, and it had the vision. Take that out, didn't this they? is the yeah, shit hits was... the fan sequence. This is the next important yeah. thing. I think it's about a. I think it's a ten. Part ten of this sequence. we had to go reshoot, didn't we? Part of what we well, did. We, we, did we did inserts. The clown. Of, we did the clown yeah, pickups, and then we shot some close-ups that we needed mm -hmm. to cut the scene together. But this is the scene where everybody, yeah. at a certain point, realizes this is a good, that there's uh, ghosts. This is a good um, reference to how good Carl is, is in the way that the 360-degree camera moves around the actors here. Um, this this is the one where you can oh, see an actor sure. walking behind yeah, the door there. Don't remind me of that. <laughs> I've never I've never caught that. Hey, but the, you know what? We could have picked any shot. It's right there. You didn't catch oh, that, okay. so I give I give you crap. For I that, I, I am the worst at picking out bloopers, I and I and I never saw that. This is a very that's yeah very I cool. love that. That's, that's one of my favorites of this Shit. scene is 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 Jalone and them not now, even. Now now look at this door really carefully. They yeah, pull things right. off of the door is like locked, and there's boards over the door. Like okay, how did they come in if there were boards already? Well, the ghost just, did it. Yeah, yeah. okay, right. Uh, <laughs> were there not boards on the door? When well, they there came? were boards, yeah, but they're, now they're were. covering like the seam on the entrance. It was just weird. This was reshot. This was. We of, added the worms. That yeah, was we added year. the worms. Yeah. That was something Brian came up with. I think we just wanted to give more of a scary to the to the clown. This is Danny Wayne's brother, Daryl yeah, Stalkup. Yeah, yeah. Daryl. Daryl. Yeah. yeah. And this was something we shot. I love this both that. Ways. I love yeah. the scary teeth. That was, <laughs> that was David. That was me. I said, let's do. I mean, actually, it was Sam. Sam did it, and I said, I love it. I said, we have to do the change of the face. But we did it both face. ways because we weren't sure if it yeah, was placed. But it we, did. Had, we had them rise without For the them teeth. to look back and see the scary evil face. And this played out well. This was part of what we reshot is that when we first re when we first cut it together, it just didn't work. It looked too forced. We had a, a an actual stuffed clown in front of the camera. Yeah. And this actually plays so much better. To inserts. just actually see the deflating clown on the yeah. floor just it, it plays so well. It's, it's like the werewolf scene. I think Chris and I always talked about it as the werewolf yeah, scene yeah, where yeah. the werewolf just, like changes. It's like the deflation is learned. Did we have a werewolf in this one? Yeah, yeah, several, several later on. Dark Soldiers Part Two was within this. Now this is this is like one of those things you don't want to do in a low budget movie where you have multiple characters because then you do need to go yeah. back and get inserts because we have all these characters in this scene. Trying to do too much in too short a days. Yeah. yeah. And and it works, but it, it was it was very difficult. I love his shirt too. Yeah. Uh, Big Richard's footlong. It's another Jeanette thing. She had this shirt and I thought it was hilarious. But this is the beginning, really, of the shit hits the fan. It's really. And I always good. thought this line wouldn't work. Emmett, you're dripping, and and everybody laughs. A lot of at people it. love this. And line. I don't know if they're laughing at it or with it, but I love the line because it's something this guy would say. And part of this is visual, but part of it is hard effects. Most of it is that hard is effects. That is hard effect, but then we took out the seam of Right the, there of where the, the cheek is dripping, drooping down, that was hard effects. Yeah, Kevin Wasner did He just that. took out the I know, the just a little tiny fishing line. Took yeah. out the fishing line that was yeah. in there. And they but, added all this glow yeah, stuff, which Yeah, Michael added the green glow in the background. But 
most people see the drooping cheek and they think it's all visual. Uh, when we shot this, when he rises, I, I go, that's going to be a great moment. It just was a combination of everything, the actor and just him. It's just beautiful. I mean, it's yeah. like a horror movie moment. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like that. I know there's been variations yeah. of it, but it just it worked really well. This was a challenge. We were trying to get that this character was uh, interacting with uh, the, this character. Nicole. <laughs> Nicole. Or Marie, And uh, maybe she was in peril, and so uh, Freddie comes to her rescue, sort of, or tries to. And, and you have all these actors, too, that, like, you know, some of them are in disbelief of what's happening, so I think some of that works. Um, and then here's uh, our, our other people. Now we had two more characters to shoot and try to get into the scene. What we had to worry about here was how much of the blood lands on Nicole because we really wanted to sell the part that he's exploding and all the shit is hitting her. Yeah. And so we really had to, we did a little bit of... A, I would have thrown more on her if we could. Yeah, I, I, I agree completely. But, you know, it is what it is. Oh, I, think I, it, I think it's pretty horrifying just hearing that scream, too. And this is the whole idea that she sees Jacob, but no one else does. Jacob has come out of the exploding body of Emmett, and only Trish can see it. Let's talk about Stephen Felty. Um, M. Stephen Felty, known this guy since uh, 1986. Uh, really great friend with him and his wife, Kathy. And, uh, um, I wrote this part for him. He, he did something for me years ago, this short film called Christmas Night Win, and played a similar kind of undead character. And he was the only person I thought, and I didn't tell you guys uh, I didn't tell you, David, that um, I'd written the part for him. You saw the tapes, and he was the only guy for you. You told me that. Yeah. I think after the fact, though. Yeah, hello? And uh, no, you singled him out as the Jacob, and he was our top choice. And... I think that's a funny yeah, moment. It's like every shot. contemporary horror film now has to deal with cell phones. Oh, I agree. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you got to have one character throw a cell phone away. 20 so years that... ago, what, yeah. you know, walkie-talkies? I don't think so. Well, Dick Wayne, we, we set up that he doesn't have a cell phone, so we were able to get away with that. He, it's but, like the curse of modern living. But I mean, you can't, in that hospital, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get reception anyway. I mean, I'm sorry. That's we didn't funny, get reception. the X-Files movie, they had reception in a cave. I love also Alan Howarth uh, did some additional music here. One of the things he uses is a sort of like um, kind of wind echo. This and this whole scene plays with very pretty much almost no music. How did it go? Yeah, how did it go? Why didn't you just do all the sound and music? Andy? Oh, we did. Yeah. We did. There's a lot of me in this. I know. Movie. I know you have a lot of. Uh, 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 By the way, I think Nicole hit the ball out of the park here. Oh yeah. Oh totally. Fantastic. Plus, she's a trooper covered oh, in all yeah, that I mean, slime. Just covered in slime. A lot of people would not do that. And she sat there, and that stuff is cold. All these guys gave it their all. Mm -hmm. They're just, every one of them, fantastic. It's a pretty intense scene, and, you know, it could have just fell so flat, and it, it works. And a lot of it's your editing. You know, we got down to the essence. And... This is a good scene, actually, between Michael and, and Jalen. Um, Kevin and Alan. I love him getting coming shot. Coming up, because, uh, <laughs> yeah, he takes the gun away from him and pushes him down, and I, I like this action right here. This is, this is something you don't often see in a, in a horror movie, is somebody uh, making a decision with real consequence like this. It's pretty grim. And then also, this is the moment that Jesse pretty much is in her head, is that she's not going to be with this guy anymore. Yeah. Originally in the script, Marie said something like, what about us or something? And then I realized, you don't need that because it, she's not gonna, Jesse's not going to be with this guy. It's obvious to the audience that she, she's leaving him after this. Yeah, so it doesn't matter whether he slept with her or not. Sort of with that, uh, with that music, the underlying bed of music. And I and think Jesse kind of always tension. suspected maybe. I don't think she. I think she probably figured it out later, but it's, it doesn't matter. It's not essential. But Kevin was becoming a pain for her. Love this. This is so intense. Yeah, this is, this is... Because 
you kill a character in full, you know, and basically in cold blood. Well, and she says, I'm Marie, and earlier in the mirror, she goes, it's me, silly, you know. And, and also it says in the mirror, uh, who are you? And right. he echoes that by saying, right. who are yeah, you? So I'm, there's a lot of yeah. echo lines yeah. throughout. It, it uh, really establishes how uh, self-centered uh, Jalon's character is as well. Well, it, the thing that's funny too is that most of the time the women don't really scream in the movie. Um, at the, basically, I made the guy the, the girl. So, I mean, Jalon basically becomes a blubbering idiot after this. And just, yeah. uh, just the motion in his face, I mean, I, uh, there's just these little moments. There's other moments too after he's had sex with Marie where he just kind of goes, <laughs> like, you know, you don't see that in movies where you see he's, he kind of feels guilty about it. This is something I like right here where yeah. Alan pushes him down. And he, I mean, he actually took that fall and, and later... Split his head Yeah, open. later he's like, crap, I didn't know I was hitting my head that hard. Also, there's another line, fuck you, ghost man, which I don't think, uh, I didn't think was going to work. Yeah, and, but I uh, liked it. And it. No, it worked. And we, I, I shot it going, it might be too much, and it just worked in the context because you need a little bit of levity to break up all this intense stuff We couldn't have the here. sex, so we had to add the, the dialogue, you know? <laughs> the, 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 the natural, uh, you know, FUs and all this stuff. We had to do that. Yeah, I think we had too many. It's a little bit, you know, we're not making a Disney movie. Well, well maybe we... Well, oh, no, I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, it's... It, you know, a certain point. I don't think Disney Channel would play this, do you? Sure they would. Sure they would. I love this shot. This that doesn't shot. exist. I mean, you can't have this spotlight on her, but it was just a moment that I wanted filmically to have this sort of light spotlighting her. It, you know, it's one of those things, if you look at it carefully, well, how the hell did it suddenly become a spotlight? But, There's your three again, Anthony. He yeah, only has three, three, bullets, three left. bullets left. And yes, he does. If you count how many bullets he had going in, he had a full round and he had three additional ones. And he used all those. Spent a lot of time figuring that out in the script to make sure that it, that it worked. Also, I hate movies where characters like go off by themselves, even though Jesse does later for a specific reason. And I like the idea that because they get split up, because of uh, they don't know the elevator goes only to the third floor, that made more sense to me. A friend of mine, Todd Knowlton, I flew him out here from Salem Springs where I live, and, and he helped Sam on the elevator. And uh, this is one thing that, that Todd was very heavily involved in, was the blood falling on all the actors. This is my favorite scene in the whole movie. Yeah, it's a great oh, scene, yeah. It's, it's very freaky. The, the, but the blood job. flowing up did not really actually work out as well as we had hoped. Um, well, it, it, worked it was really good well. in the storyboards, and, and but some people can't really see Wait, no, it's, enough. It's the, it's the top of the thing. Right what there happen, yeah, is what hard is, is that, to um, see it. When you don't have the light flickering, it actually looks like red, and that's what yeah. you saw through the camera. But once the flickering goes yeah. on, it made it go It'll brown. It looked like black. Like this is another thing about editing that I love, is it was always designed to be the sort of thing of being done on the cuts. So the cuts are always in the little black when the lights are flickering on and off. And it's just, uh, it was all shot that way. It was like on, off, on, off. Okay, get in there, Jess, or Marie. Get out of there, Marie. And it's all in-camera cutting. And, and it, to me, it's, it's, a, it's a really good trick of what you can do when you... This is one of the freakiest. And this also helps to have good sound right here. This was also something we found in editing, too. I think we were talking about, well, what can we do to make this movie creepy? And we went, let's do the Michael Bay, like, quick cuts. And Chris went in and did this. I'm like, that's it. That looks great. In order to get that blood to flow up to the ceiling, uh, Sam and his guys had built that elevator upside yeah, down. Yeah, they built, they turned it. Yeah. I mean, they just shut the top just of the it. top of it, yeah. and they poured blood yeah. out of a bucket yeah. and uh, had the as camera much as turned they upside built this down. Elevator for as many times as we used this elevator, they hand built this elevator. They then rebuilt it to be upside down. Yeah. It was so funny. Yeah, it's very cool. This this is also like uh, if you notice, there's a, there's a little bit of music throughout the movie, and we when, once we got all the sound effects in, we pulled back on the music. 
but we have this little bit of music here now, and it just it, it works with sound throughout most of it. And just these little touches, you know, I think really adds to the sort of the creepiness of, of the film because you know, so you're it's not a, overdoing it. It's a red floor, Anthony. What Great. what awesome. floor is that? They're on the third floor. Uh, no, that's the basement, <laughs> but it should be darker here. But there's a whole. I don't want to go into that. <laughs> no, that that's, this, that. This coming up. This is one of my favorites. I mean, this one freaks me out every time I see oh, it. I love this too. And, and and it has a lot to do with not just the great uh, appliance that Kevin Wozner put. But oh yeah, the door's kind of a, out of a, out of alignment. But but also, Michael Shelton did a fantastic job of enhancing this appliance Kevin put on the back of her well, head. Well, it's only on the back of the head. But it, she does a great job just in general of, of making this just creepy. I mean. But when people have seen this and and from the reverse angle of the back of her head, they just go, oh, that's it's kind of sickening here. It's almost like something's growing out of the back of her head. It's really yeah, it's sick. just supposed to be the idea that you get this little shot in the front of her head and in the back, and it's just like blown That's out. what a bullet would do. I know, I mean. And, I, and actually, the one thing I, I missed that we were supposed to try to get was the shot in the front. I wanted to see, you know, the, the bullet hit in the front of her face. We, we, we never were able to get it. They didn't have money. No. They didn't have time. No. No, I, we, I think Kevin made the appliance. I see, so you're all about the gratuitous violence, but you don't want to show a couple boobs. Oh, you know, there you go. You got your priorities wrong, man. Yeah. Here, here's uh, some stuff that, like, we needed a more front shot of, uh, of um, our actor here, Alan, and we're cutting back to her close-up, but we needed the close-up of him. It's really wonky. She's great in this sequence. This is another thing, too, the noises outside the door. Um, I think it was stuff that was in the script that we didn't initially have in the rough cut. And I kept saying, there's sounds here. And then Private Island came in and just... We tried a lot of different things. Yeah, it was a hard thing because they're having dialogues. You can't have the stuff that's supposed to be there, which is like this huge pounding and stuff. Right. This is also one of my favorite um, scenes coming up where it's the consequence of shooting Marie. Again, the stuff that you don't really see, you really recognize that he's screwed up over it, uh, Freddie, and Kevin gets it too, that he's, he realizes what he's done. And it's just a great moment. And I think, I think that came out of rehearsals too. So here comes This is my favorite acting of these two actors right here. Yeah. Jalone and Josh, this is their best scene. They are very intense. I get it. Very good delivery. I get it. Yeah, I get it. He, he just delivers. I mean, but, you just but, get it. It's but just... Josh is lying to say, you know, don't you get it? And then I, I just love the, that dialogue. It's just the, the way looks, they deliver it's it. It's a pissing match kind of thing. Yeah. It's just, it's well, Freddie's finally, you know, getting a backbone against his friend. And this actually scene, this whole scene with them played as a full scene, and I think we split it up. We split it up, yeah, we were working on pacing. This is a nice little case of misdirection, too. Anthony wanted to get him in a, a seemingly in a place of peril and then turn his back to it. It was yeah. like, all by design. Yeah, I wanted the audience to be going, don't stand there in the yeah, freaking door. Idiot. Don't stand there in the freaking door. He's sitting there having a conversation with his sister. There's a, someone, someone there. Do you think they'll listen? We have to take care of ourselves. It's a, you know, it's straight out of the suspense playbook. Anthony, or, or uh, Sherry, again, you're, you're just talking too much. <laughs> you guys talk enough. You've got three alpha males here who, who want to uh, give their opinions. I'm sorry. 
And then here comes Arlo Ray Baines. We, we don't know what he was doing the Dynamite whole time. Dynamite Joe. But... <laughs> no, but we, we explain it. He goes, we I've been did, going around in circles did. in this place I all know. night. I'm giving you a hard time. It's geography again. There's, there's, there's a number of scenes with Arlo that more explore his background, and, and I'm sort of with Anthony. It's a shame some of those didn't make the final cut, but... Maybe I don't know what's going in uh, deleted scenes or whatnot. Maybe they're there. Yeah, we have. We have there's a lot. There's a lot of nuance going on with there because I like the idea that uh, I always hate cops in horror movies because you can't really do anything different. And I had this really whacked idea when I was doing a, earlier? I think the third or fourth draft. Yeah. Well, what if he was like I mean, a former black exploitation actor, but like fifth or sixth yeah. tier? Where are they? And then he got used that to parlay it into like this whole uh, gig at a police precinct, and he sucked as a cop, but he was a hero on the big screen. I mean, it, you know, it's something you only see in movies, but it, it worked. It's it's kind of interesting. And we originally, in some draft, had a, a scene at the precinct, remember? Oh, yeah, and they already yeah. hated him. At, no, there was a lot of stuff. Yeah. In the fir first or second draft of the script, he was, he was... Uh, they, they, he was a joke to these guys. He was a complete joke to his other peers. And, you know, they made fun of the movies and all this stuff. It was... This is, uh, this is a very cool sequence here. I think uh, the reveal that comes up shortly of uh, Jacob in the shadows is uh, just fantastically shot by Carl Bartel and yeah. fantastically envisioned, and this, I think. And this, this There's Anthony. He just went behind the, the, the pole. <laughs> this was, Dr. Anthony and his assistant, Hillary This K. was all color correction. It never really was shot the way I wanted to look where I wanted it blown out from behind and her red dress to pop. And when we went into color correction, we took all the colors out except for brown and red. And it just, it looks, it looks great. I have to tell you, we really, that's Hillary um, who helped us on casting and also was Anthony's assistant, Hillary K. She's so funny. But, but we have to give a big hand here to Vinny, our color correction guy at yeah. Post Group. I mean, he really, on all these flashbacks, did an incredible job. Yeah, and it got the look, you know, you can't really get that look when you're shooting stuff with this, and this fast schedule, and it just, it made it something special. It's so funny how many people have cameos in this movie. Well, you forced me to have the cameo. I, I, I didn't want to do that because there's no time. You were all there for like 20 This times. actually was supposed to have a big fireball scene yeah, right here. And we just we said we can't, we couldn't do it. Because the whole idea was the fireball was supposed to come down the hallway and then cut, basically burn the door with mm -hmm. the janitor here's, closet. Here's this reveal coming up, which I think uh, was, was really well envisioned by Anthony and really well shot by Carl and uh, oh, fabulously edited right by there. me. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about where we see Jacob there? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Uh, to me, that's one of the highlights of the movie is that you can actually just catch stuff by watching it a second or third time that you may miss if, you know. I agree. I think this oh. movie's very uh, visually inspired, Anthony, and you, oh, did, you did a great job of coming up with things. had a great team. Things. And, it's, and it's things like that where, you know, the ghost is everywhere in this hospital. And, and she didn't even see it that time. Usually she sees Jacob. She didn't see him there, but we do. I, loved it. I love for us as an audience to see stuff that our characters don't see, and that was one of my favorite well, moments. I think in some respects this whole movie is kind of unrelenting, too, because I hate horror movies where nothing's going on, and I, I think we put maybe too much, but there's so much going on. There's never a moment where something isn't happening at a certain mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. And that was the idea, is just to keep it Take going. Take for now, now, for instance, they're opening a door. Yes, and, and don't you see the ghost that's floating <laughs> above? But let me tell you above. how freaky this hospital was. He hardly, Sam hardly did anything to this stairwell right here. This stairwell is basically the way it was when we found it. 
Well, yeah, see, that, that's, that was actually the great thing. We had an embarrassment of riches. It wasn't a matter of, of, of you know, we had different places for everything. Well, we could shoot here, we could shoot here. Here's an interesting thing directorially, you know, again, time constraints. This is a huge glob of exposition, and there's two choices. You can shoot it, like, four times, master, close-up, close-up, close-up on the three actors. But I figured, okay, let's find a really great hallway, let's light it, make it spooky, and just have them walk toward us and do all the dumb dialogue, because you want to get to the next scene. But and it's I, stuff it that, that we need to hear. Yeah, you say, and, and but it works too. Yeah. It's one of those weird things. We could have shot it that way, but what did it get us? We got to get to the other stuff that's important. So it's the affectionately called the Hall of Pipe. Yes, there you go. Uh, we're in the scene where uh, we discover that Meg beat the crap out of all of her friends with a. Uh, board of Nails. This and, is uh, extremely grim. <laughs> I just keep remembering, I, I, I always laugh because I can just imagine this little girl beating the crap out yeah. of everybody. There's just something wrong with this. There's just something terribly wrong. <laughs> but there were rooms in this hospital that were old-style green operating rooms. This was not actually one of them, but there were some rooms that looked very much like this with the green tile on the wall. Yeah. And it was just very, very retro, very, very scary. And this is, this is your idea coming up here with this uh, sheet, the person of the sheet. We were looking at this um, location where we were doing location scouting, and you're going, well, we should have someone pop up underneath the sheet. I'm going, that's a good idea. <laughs> and I wrote that into the draft before we uh, we shot, and it's, it just works brilliantly. It's uh, it's a really great moment. Well, that was subject to debate, too, because I remember Oh, Sherry, Sherry hated it. Sherry wasn't I understand this. <laughs> I don't remember me bringing that up. No, no, you said you said we should. We were looking okay. at this operating room, and you said, hey, you know, uh, we, we should have, have someone under somebody, sheet. like, on an operating table. And I found the moment for it, and it worked. There is a really nice little uh, accident. Uh, we knew we wanted to have some smoke come out of the door, and the fog just collected and did this weird stuff. And it's all, it's, I don't even think it's slowed down. Just, it looks, it looks really great like that. And here's another thing, you know, wanted to have this room really dark, just the flashlight. Um, and, uh, you know, again, these little things work when you have a really good DP that can push it and, and really give it some texture. You get a little bit of her in there, but flashlight is, uh, is the key. Now, what was this in real life? The laundry chute? It, it was like a, a kitchen. It was a kitchen something. door that where you put trays through, and then uh, Sam made like a little laundry chute. This is a thing I wish we, she was a lot darker. You know, there was a little more shadows going on. It would have been creepier. We get a little bit there. Well, it's a very creepy sequence. It's... There was another cut of this I think that worked a little better. The sequence that was a lot faster, but I think uh, I think we wanted to show a little bit more, so uh, it got extended. Caitlin. Why'd you say you wish you, oh, you, oh. I wish initially, I just the whole look of her there, I think it would have been creepier if there was more darkness and more shafts of light on her. The way you said it a minute ago, I wish she was darker. I'm like, should have got a black chick. That um, shot of that's her. That's J.D. Booker, isn't it? Yeah. Is that her name? Oh my gosh, Decker. she's a, Decker. Yeah, she's hysterical. She's I love this. Fun. Baines gets his hero moment here. She came on set and was getting all her makeup, and she said, I get into this so much. She loved it. So She, she did great. She, she was our assistant casting person, and she was doing these great readings with the actors, and I'm just like, we got to find something for her because she's just intense. And I have to tell you guys, when I read the script, one of the problems I had was imagining this hole in the wall. I never could figure out whether it was low to the ground, where it was, and when you had D.H. Covey do the original storyboards, who you know did a great job, and Jacob Hare did some extra ones for us, they did a fantastic job. The, the storyboards by Anthony were like stick figures. It was terrible. But the hole in the wall <laughs> really could not get through to my imagination until we saw it in the uh, the storyboards, and then and then actually uh, Sam put it in this wall, and and it worked great. Well, the, 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 it's like sucks yeah. it in. Whoever's it really in. Sells the, it. Yeah. 
I think the whole idea too is like you don't want someone to stick their hand in there, and it's right. like but I it want the audience you. to go. It's like don't, don't stick yeah. your freaking hand. The hospital in there. is like forcing you to do it. And uh, the piano thing here, the, this thing that's coming up here with the piano, um, this is all in camera. There's no visual effect here. I, I'm a big fan of a movie called Lone Star. They did a lot of in-camera tricks from one uh, time period to another. This whole thing just it cut together really, really nice. I don't think you didn't really know we were trying to do this. In the original cut you showed me, your editor's cut, I, I don't think you really had that in there. And I go, no, no, this is the way it, where it is, because it's just such a weird idea. It's uh, it's fantastic. Again, uh, Carl Bartel did a great job with that. Well, and our, and our colorist uh, did a good job on the color correction. There's a changeling this is, thing. This is a changeling. That's Voldy Way, who was the little boy in the changeling with the necklace. That's a friend of mine, Ed, opening the door. But Voldy actually had a necklace during this that looked just like the little gold emblem. The interesting thing about Voldy uh, is another Brian O'Toole thing, another hey, really great David idea. Allen. <laughs> David Allen. The, the insane producer. I was. I was the I was the producer that had been on, hit on the head by a light, and I was walking around saying, no more days. Over budget. <laughs> Over budget, <laughs> no more days. And, I, and what's funny, I'm wearing a Neo Ned t-shirt, which is another movie I have coming out with uh, Gabrielle Union. So, so whole, I always try to put a little reference to another movie in my movie, so. The, the whole Voldy thing came about is that uh, Brian knew I had a big uh, uh, love for the changeling, and he had a dream. Said, you know, what if we put Voldy in here? And, Voldy uh, is a good friend and, of Brian. And he said, you know, the guard says, time to take your bath, Carmichael, which is how the character got drowned mm -hmm. in that movie, and that was a great contribution for five people to get. Dee Wallace, amazing. Uh, she uh, did this as a favor. I knew her through journalism, and uh, let her read the script around Christmas time right before we were going to shoot. And she loved it and said, I want to do this. And she gives us just sort of an amazing, you know, air of legitimacy because this woman's been directed by all my favorite directors, you know, Joe Dante, Peter Jackson, Steven Spielberg. Now, isn't this, this is uh, as scripted a daytime scene, right? It's never really specified, but... It's never uh, really specified, but it goes in and out because of when we shot the damn thing. <laughs> it's it's interesting, it's, it's one of the bloopers. It's a flashback <laughs> thing, okay? Mr. It doesn't Editor. matter. There's the, you, the three If you look out. at the sky outside the window, it's nighttime, but the point is, uh, you just don't notice that, and it's one of the miracles or the magic of movie making. I think it's kind of cool. Well, because it's, it's, a, it's a sort of surreal, you kind of like, okay, whatever, you, you can buy it. Certain buys the audience will give you, I think. You don't get out. I love this shot too. Yeah, and this is all where That's we sort of get scene. that flashback or, or the uh, the insight into the we flashback. We use this a lot. It was never intended to be used with the keys going out the window as many times, but it works really well. There's another transition. I don't like, know if you notice the way I clap my hands, which my hands are turned different ways. That's the way crazy people clap their hands. I've been around a lot of crazy people, I still, and so I did that from actual. You know, reference to to people I've been around. We I still can't believe that you did that. I still can't believe you did that. It was a little tiny part I gave myself. You committed was yourself to screen doing that. I would never have done that. I just can't believe you did Pe that. Crazy people really do clap that way. I've been around them, and so. Now this is the whole idea too. The whole idea that I didn't ever really want to have Jacob when he was a ghost. When you see him completely as a ghost, talking. So we did these little half scenes to have him speak. Of course, we do have him speaking in the shadows in the scene later, but never do you see him as a full-on spiritual ghost what do I want? Um, speaking. Because I always felt, and this was uh, Josh Logan who ended up doing some sound with us as well, Different a friend of mine basically said, you know, it, it takes away their power when they speak. And I think it works when he is only speaking in the shadows.
I choose you. I'll make sure you're locked. There's another private island soundtrack. This, is, this was a Steven idea, wasn't it? Yeah. Steven Felty's originally this character was sort of yelling or something. No, he was just it was just a normal voice, and he had this idea of keeping his voice uh, uh, whisper. And uh, we came in and relooped this and did an amazing job. Works, yeah. And here is a scene where. Uh, Right before lunch, we had to shoot this, and we had no time. We could only shoot a master, and I basically begged for us to get that one close-up shot of, uh, of Dig, so we had something to cut to. Maybe he bolted. Good. You both disappeared around the same time. Then he could still be here. Let's go and hope he's safe somewhere. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I would have I would cut that last line of, uh, of Alan, uh, because uh, it was better as let's go. Dynamite. And um, the whole Dynamite Jones thing comes back here, which... I love the I line. I like that line. He said, he, what's he say? He says, those were funny movies. He said, they're not supposed to be funny. Now, here's another thing, too. Again, I, I had no idea this would work, but it did. It was, but in scripted, it's like they have to walk past this ghost girl. And I figured that it would just piss the audience off because they're thinking she's going to jump again um, after she does this initial jump. And it's one of the, it turns out to be one of the most suspenseful scenes in the movie. I love the reactions. That's the director hitting a, a binder against the wall and making a loud sound. I became known as the method director on the movie because I would pound things uh, to get reactions because, you know, you're just inventing it. And he, he became known as a pain in the ass in the editing room. <laughs> yeah, well, you, gotta, you got some good stuff out of it, so. Taylor did an amazing job here again. She did. Just being yeah. just so steel, creepy. Yeah. you know. I make fun of you, Anthony, but it was a pleasure working with you. And, and Anthony is extremely dedicated and driven. And, uh, you know. What was the word you used? Uh, he was committed or needed to be committed? Needed that's to what be you, committed. That's what you said. Chris. I needed to be committed after working with him for 10 weeks or whatever it was. Oh, come on. You've had other directors like that, too. Yeah, unfortunately, every director's a pain in the ass. We just want what's best for the movie. You got to push it. You know, we don't. We don't have the luxury of uh, you know eighty takes on each scene. That's a good scare too. Yeah, it's a nice, a nice boo scare. This is this is Jalone who does this incredible job. Yeah. Uh, behind this hole, I, I laugh at some of the stuff he does in here because it just it works so well. It's so real. And but he's doing a good job of being a pussy, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, he's the girl. But but I tell you, this is leading into one of the scariest scenes for me is this little skeleton girl and how they did this scene. They did this second unit, but it was so friggin' scary. And and later, uh, when she actually her spirit leaves, uh, Michael did some uh, special effects that are just phenomenal. And that was another one that was really hard, uh, visual effects wise, because. Uh, we didn't. We kept seeing different things and trying mm. to get that out, get the spirit to go out without it looking cheesy. And, and Michael finally figured it out, and it, it looks amazing. And this, that, this is this actually is what Chris and I called the Michael Bay sequence too, because when we decided to cut this together, you, you can explain a little bit about that. Well, it, it's a tough scene to get right, uh, balance-wise, because there's about three things going on. You've got Jalone in the in the room with the girl presence. You have. Freddie figuring out that he's what he is, and you have the others trying to get in. So what a great a, appliance there that Kevin Wasserman yeah. made too. I think we had three different arms. We did it three times, and only one of them yeah. worked. Luckily. <laughs> yeah, the test looked so amazing. Of course, as is with visual makeup effects, uh, you know, you just never get it right. Mark Allen and his friend Dominic helped us uh, enhance some of those visual effects of the exploding bodies as well. Yeah.
Oh, and if, I had, if we could ever do it the right way, I would have exploded a whole big body because it's, it's so hard with visual effects to make them look perfect. And, uh, you know, there's certain things like fire and, ex and exploding things that you just want to uh, see the this. physicality. Look at this. I love this light coming through the keyhole right there. Isn't that freaky? Yeah, it's a nice okay. touch. This is sort of, in some ways, uh, kind of an homage to the ghost story at the end of Alex Creed. I absolutely love the movie Ghost Story. I've always loved that book in the movie, and this is just freaking me That's out like here. That's like the I reference to that. I know, and I, I've always loved this scene right here. And, and this is actually little... a combination of two visual effect shots with the shafts of light and the sort of back thing, which we combined. I love the way we, we added this in, too, mm -hmm. um, to kind of echo back to that other flashback. Well, it's just echoing that her spirit is now free and uh, f people have finally acknowledged how she died. It was always there that it was supposed to be free, but it was uh, it, that whole thing with the hands and stuff. We it was a bit of a construct there. We'd put some scenes, to, some shots together from other scenes to enhance the, the idea. You were missing a lot of stuff here. This is uh, this is where you get the explanation of the necklace, which, uh, is, you know, it just stops the movie, but it was kind of important in terms of why she was so... Uh, into the necklace, which had to do with her mom, um, had given it to, or it was her mom's necklace, and um, she wanted to be buried with it when she died, and Jesse was so distraught over her mom dying, she forgot, and that's been the weight around her for uh, forever, and that's kind of like what's going on with Jesse through the rest of the movie. I wish there was a way to kind of make that work. And this but, little, it, but it did stop the whole movie. It did stop. So, there would have yeah. been, if there was a way to redo it or reshoot that one thing, maybe we could have made it work. But it was just, it was an important thing, and I, you know, I think the audiences get it. That little bit, too, that little bit where they have the pissing match, where uh, you shoot me in the face, I'll kick your ass, that was actually there. We came up with it on the spot because we wanted something to come back to from, from the dialogue scene with uh, Jesse and Alan, and ultimately the stuff, all the stuff that got cut was all the dialogue stuff that was in the script, and the one little bit was the stuff that we kind of came to Which cut away to. Which people always laugh at. They they always no, we knew it was funny. Yeah. We knew it was going to work, but it was always supposed to be kind of a cutaway. I would always feel so bad, though, because Chris and Anthony would work for days on getting a certain scene the way Anthony wanted, and, and then we'd say, nope, cut it. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't work. Sorry, Anthony. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I fought for a lot of stuff that was important that everybody came around to it. See, that, that's you the also thing. fought for a lot of stuff that we still said, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Am I right, Sherry? Sure? Right. Sherry and I are like, no. It's give and take. Does it that, work? that first thing, though, that where you guys you guys cut like 20 minutes yeah, out of did. the movie, we some did. of it was excessive. We had to put some back just to make Anthony feel good. <laughs> no, that, that so is, the movie made sense. That is what I think ultimately it became a very collaborative process, and it was cool because Brian and Sherry and David would come in with Anthony and I. And we would we'd go over things, and it became very uh, constructive at a certain point. Well, I had to explain this stuff too, so then everybody would understand the meaning. At a certain point. At a certain point. <laughs> when deadlines were looming. <laughs> this is another. This is actually. I, I think this is one of our best thing with multiple actors. Dialogue scenes, the way it's shot and the way it's cut. It's a really nice sequence. There was really difficult conditions too, shooting down there. Yeah. Very small space. This is the only oh, time the character goes off by themselves, with, where Jesse decides to go off and do this. I mean, she's done it a couple times, but I figure she's the proactive one, so we we can buy that a little bit. Here comes There's Sherry's three cameo. Oh, Sherry's no. cameo. Next time we come back to the locker. This was a real bitch for Sam too. Was it was like a puzzle putting these walls of file cabinets up and. Yeah, this is something I wasn't sure would work, and it yeah, actually kind of I, I was the same way. Yeah. Actually, this was a hard thing, too, because uh, originally it was um, filing cabinets and then desks, and mm -hmm. because they didn't have enough filing cabinets and desks to make it work, there was a great line that he goes, after they get all the filing cabinets, I go, good news, guys, 
it looks like the desks are uh, heavier than the filing cabinets. Well, <laughs> now we, we had to come up with that line. It's like, looks, you know, like we go a few feet further. It doesn't work as well. Fucking Another great thing that we lost here was Fuck. a little moment between Baines and Allen where they talk about, uh, uh, he goes, uh, that, that hero speech really was all bullshit, he wasn't it? And it's like, there's Sherry. Sherry is right over <laughs> the shoulder. <laughs> A one and only cameo. Sherry, I'll never do that again. Sherry, uh, what you you went by a different name, didn't you, in the credits? Oh yeah, Ellen yeah. Irwin. Yeah. This is another sequence that we cut back a lot, which I, I really liked the way it was fully cut together, only because it showed like Jesse and and her coming to terms with the pain with her mom. And originally she's having the conversation on the phone, and the mom's sitting on the bed and Hello. mocking the conversation that's, that she's having. I have to say I like the cut-down version better, Anthony. We, uh, we had to fight hard to keep this scene This scene was cut all. completely. At one point... No, it works. The, the, the aforementioned but the uh, David Cherry and Brian well, cut this scene. <laughs> it was completely cut out of the movie, and, it, and then how did she suddenly run? I mean, it just no, nothing made sense. My problem when I when you guys had it was that her sitting on the bed, when her mom's sitting there on the bed holding no phone but pretending it to was phone, creepy it as hell. It did not creep me out at all. It's subjective. It dr it drove That's what me crazy. scares are. Well, this, we, we this stole is actually, that. This is actually a good scene. A we, lot of people freak out at, at Jacob there. In order to make that scene work, we needed one shot of the mom on the bed, and we and stole then, the shot. No, no, we, we lucked, well, no, we lucked out because it was a shot where she had stopped at the end of the take and started laughing. And luckily, Trish was still in character, so we were able to get like a millisecond before yeah, we had we, cut. we took a shot after the director had called cut, after yeah. he had cut. And this is the same thing. This, this was is, a reshoot here. This was where we went in and did some additional uh, footage. There's visual effects in and here visual as well. But, but we needed something to show the hospital, Jacob in the hospital, being digital retaliatory. Digital cracks in the walls. Michael yeah, work. This was all digital. I this is that. amazing stuff. Yeah. yeah. It looks like an earthquake breaking the hospital apart. The little cracks in the walls are brilliant. I just wish but, we continued here. But we had here. to do the running down the hall with the paper slime because you really didn't have anything else. So that was something we didn't really choose. It was funny, the original takes of that, you could see all the crew people's hands <laughs> and arms <laughs> throwing shit out. <laughs> So that was part of what Michael Shelton did, was go in and paint out crew people's arms. Low budget filming. <laughs> it was somewhat less than terrifying with a bunch of crew people throwing <laughs> things out. Danny, I love, that, I love Jalone's reaction here. I think Danny shot that. The, the going down the hallway? Mm. Yeah. Mm. What are you looking for? There's a nurse. Danny Wayne was our second unit director. <clears throat> really picked up a lot of slack when we got behind a little bit. Yeah, he did some amazing stuff for us. A lot of the like complicated things. Second unit is always great because you get the time to do all the complicated stuff. Danny is just talented in so many different areas, though. I mean, he does stunt coordinating and he does second unit. He's a producer now. And he has this amazing car collection, this amazing beautiful wife that sings really good songs. So, really, really talented guy. All I wanted to do. I love this reaction to by Michael. There was a lot more of it in there, and I finally had. I think we just said we got we got to cut back on this because it just looks so dorky. It's like, what are you doing? It's like, I, and I know we, we shot it like that, but it just it just it came off really weird. Fucking scratching noise! Stop. This is a loop line. Thank you. Thank you. I love that line though. It's like it was in the script you. that we never shot it. I can. I know, it. but I love it. We had to loop it. I've fought these visions for too long. He also says thank you earlier when he gets out of the out of the closet and he runs down the yeah the he does yeah I, I he says something that. as he runs away down the closet after the closet. This is another editing fun. thing that's coming up here. This was a hard thing. There was a lot more stuff going on in this uh, elevator with her, 
And um, I think it was right before we had to finally lock it. And I think I was half asleep. It was like four in the morning. And I said, Chris, just just cut the hell out of it. Cut it down to the essentials and show it to me. And make it all jump cuts and everything. And so, like, I went to sleep for an hour. And he woke me up and said, look at this. I'm going, that's it. (laughs) And then we showed it to you guys. You guys loved it. And we were done. And I think we were locked. This 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 was was a a hard scene. Probably we worked on this scene longer than any other scene. Oh, yeah. This this scene was probably cut 20 different ways because it was just a bear. Well, the other problem with it is the fact that you, you work on the first part of the movies for a long time, and you're always refining, and when you get to the end and stuff like this, you have less time. Yeah. And uh, it works really well, and the sound effects and all these little pieces, it... it uh... I love the blood coming out of the button. I'm actually really proud of this scene now, after, but it, it, it was hard. Anthony and I spent days, probably, just on this scene alone. Don't take me dead. All I had to do was get him to fall asleep and so I could fix All these little, like, inserts, this is the great thing about having a second unit because Danny was able to get all these extra stuff, you know, close-ups of lights and take the time and mm-hmm. get us a lot of things to play with. Now, here's the scene when you're seeing Trish. Um, to make, she, She's afraid of spiders, and so uh, I would always uh, tell her I've got spiders, and she would get freaked out. And so when we are doing the scene, she said, tell me. And right before the scene, I said, you have spiders inside this straitjacket. And if you watch her... She's really freaking out here because she thinks that that's what's going on. I now. love how this is directed and the camera work here. I think it's really cool. They laid 360 track on I know, this. Yeah, yeah, I remember this. But also the acting is, they've they've been very well directed. I, wasn't this the scene I got to direct? I, no, I'm joking, <laughs> of course, Anthony. But she did a good job here. The, oh, the actors you. responded well. Well, you know, and this was something where the, the camera guys and the Griffin Electric were going, you know, we've had this dolly track, the 360 mm-hmm. yeah. track in our truck for the past 10 years, and we were wondering finally when we were going to get to use this. So they did a, uh, they, they, uh, they, we just had a great crew. They really, everybody buckled together and, and added so much to make We did a lot work. in a very short schedule. We really, I mean, crammed a lot every day. And uh, just like coming up here, we, we tried to lock camera and t- somebody just totally forgot. But I mean, unless you look for it, you don't notice it. But we did not have time to go and fix it when we noticed it later. So okay, guys. all those deals were, no, you know, low budget films. Just keep going. Okay, guys, first, first time director, um, dogs, kids. I know. Every page is one Everything page, you're every not scene. supposed to do. Yeah, and we pulled it off. Yeah. I love this. This is something that I was always fearful you guys would come out when we were shooting and going, what the hell are you doing? Because it's such an abstract, and you don't see this kind of stuff in horror movies very often, but I love it, and I'm glad that you guys let me do this, because it's, it's yeah, hard Anthony, to explain. Yeah, Anthony, you did a beautiful job Yeah, here, this is really. great. It, it, the whole idea is that she's going through all these uh, pain, the pain of her mom, and in the, ri- in the earlier drafts of the script, you saw other things of her childhood, and the whole she was trying to show Jacob pain, and because the whole thing is about her mom, we just distilled you it down just to the mom You just put her on the front scenes. of the dolly here. You just put her on the front of the dolly and moved her. It was yeah. fantastic. This is uh, one of innovation. the things that uh, I didn't know what to do with, and I put it together, and I don't think we ever really touched it after mm-hmm. that, did we? Uh, we, did we Here's tie, where you see that necklace stuff. on her chest there. It, it was, there was a lot of little tweaks and stuff. I, I think when you originally did it, there was some, I think you weren't quite sure exactly how it was. I think you did it in straight I certainly scenes. wasn't sure how it was. windows but... were in this hospital. No, That's Sam, no, Sam put those in the windows. No. I thought they were there. No, I thought they no, were part those, of those are in, the those chapel. Are inserts. Those are inserts. I thought they were part of the chapel, man. And this they is color so corrected real. too. We pulled real. all the color out except for the red here, and it just it, it, there was a lot of green in this stuff, and it just didn't look right yeah, for me. Go. Once you take the red out, it just it really made it look mm. super cool. And this was supposed to take place in a big green field. Do you remember that? It was in the green field. And <laughs> Low then on budget. The roof. We we couldn't get to then a field. Then Anthony wanted to shoot it on the roof. 
and and didn't you just we just shot we it just down couldn't in front get of the up yard. there yeah. and we just shot it down in the front of the yard it was a hard thing because of this whole concept of the um, and he uh, the took mirror. me to the roof where he was going to show the mirrors shoot the mirror scene i said no way well, that was, was carl just, carl said this would be a great place but and there i thought just, it sounded really good there's no way but um, but that was uh, that was a thing where you know trying to get that mirror gag just it was it such worked. an abstract and Chris actually put all that extra stuff in there. The this is a great scene. It worked really well. This is a great scene. We added some extra inserts here to really make the action in the scene work. And we reshot some of this mm -hmm. scene as well. Yeah, yeah, some of it was reshot. What what we had done before we ended principal was. Uh, just we didn't have enough time to get everything we needed. But when but when he stabs her with the uh, the stake, it's so realistic. Now that's a visual effect. Yeah, yeah, because of but but the front is not. The front is hard. No, the visual that's that front part of it was a visual effect. Later when you see her oh, walking. Oh no, wait, the back is hard. Yeah, the back. There's part there's part of it that's hard. Was it? Is it's him, a little bit him later. grabbing a uh, hand? Uh, no, the handle. front of her is hard. That's hard that, right there. There, but in the other shot, that in was a visual, other, visual no. effect. That's a visual that's effect a visual there. Effect. You sure? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a visual She was effect. wearing part of it when, mm -hmm. when we got the side shot. So Yeah, no, that one is all fake. Because right I there. knew Michael added one or the other. He added it all here on the side shots. And that was the thing too, where we got extra footage of that and we, we recut this thing to add the actual visual effects. This was something on set too. I was just watching them and I'm going, you know what, they need to kiss. And so we threw oh, blood and slime. It's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, it just sealed the deal on the motion of that. And also, I think some other characters shot uh, Jalone, and we realized that uh, Trish was the one who needed to shoot uh, mm -hmm. Jalone because it all made it come together with the whole uh, cheating with Marie. And this is the thing too, she's going toward him because she doesn't want to shoot him just in case he might be really alive. And then his, when, his moment the eyes are open and she knows she's going to shoot him, but of course he's too quick and so she's done something stupid. Okay. Got to give her a couple things. And this was actually an echo of the scene that we cut at the beginning of the movie, which was the side shot of them kissing and right before we went into the title sequence it was cut. So this is all an echo in essence to the scene earlier in the movie. And I saw you. Everything. And your heart is darker than you I think, I think, was uh, lifted from an Elvis Costello song. <laughs> I always liked that, that song. I think it was uh, All the Rage from his Brutal Youth album. Jalone here was really into this yeah. when he got oh, possessed. He did a great job. Yeah, he was really, really good. Here. I think Jalone's going to go on to do some, some big stuff. I, I just think Our some of these cast. actors are, are really, really at the cusp of, of getting some big jobs because. Uh, they're, they're learning and, and getting better. Throughout this whole shoot, they got better. Some there, of these, some the of these ones that had never done anything just blew us away. She's yeah, really strangling the him. From the beginning when she mm -hmm. flips him, yeah. You should hear the stuff when it's not doctored. I mean, she's, she's really crushing his larynx, and, uh, and, she's, and he, he's doing just this amazing job. I her. joked with Trish about her hair being kind of wavy and curled here, and earlier it's, it's straight. And, um, <laughs> but but this, was, this was additional footage, so it was, it was just... No, that was, that was, I think, was that, principal? that was principal, But yeah. it was funny how, how it was always different. Now this, <laughs> this is something I always thought was hilarious, and I, uh, I hope it is. <laughs> <laughs> we think it is. It's, uh, it was sort of a. People laughed at our screening the other night. Yeah, when, good. When, I mean, it, when this played. this was a big build up here yeah. to something, and uh, going to set him on fire. Mm. Boodoo. Yeah, I think some of it too is you know we didn't we didn't have a lot of the footage we needed. I mean, again, we were talking <laughs> about inserts and stuff, and I think it works, but it took a lot of time in editing, I think. Yeah, you know. we, you know, at one point it was even going to go. Yeah. It's funny that we had a bunch of our guys just pull the shit out of him down that hallway, and he went so far. <laughs> remember that? When they yeah, just they pulled that. him and pulled the him rope. and pulled him? Yeah. Oh, she's a strong girl. Yeah. <laughs>
So we have him walking slowly down the hallway and the sort of Michael Myers thing yeah. to get away with this exposition because we got important stuff and emotion going on here. So obviously if he's going to get to them, you know, we needed to keep him as far back there as possible so we can get this out of the way because it's very important. We also ran out of time, I think the last day, uh, you know, the, the fire marshal shut us down and we had, we had this arm built where he would grab a close-up of her arm and it would just crush and it just uh, didn't get to shoot it even though it was built. Listen. So funny, the fire marshal was like, you got to stop right now. And I said, let's go have a talk. I wasn't meant to leave either. <laughs> I delayed him for like 30 or 40 more minutes when you guys were... It was so scrambling hard. Yeah, you finish. guys were scrambling. I'm like, oh, they're shutting down right now as we speak. I think Rachel did a, such a great job did here. She, uh, she really comes across as a strong person. This is where I have to say, this is where I gave her direction. I, I did say, you are a badass here, Rachel. You are saying, you want to come after me? <laughs> well, it's not, it's not right here, but it's coming up here. Yeah, whenever she, she points the gun at him. Finished what you started. Now he's got, taken him forever to walk down the hallway. <laughs> And whatever you did, yeah, David, is. was fantastic. It is, right here. She's like, you, you, really you want to come after me? Because I'm a bad mofo. Come on. Really That's why I called her. And she did a good you job. Have a warm body to make you live again? Then how are you going to do that? Well, this is actually, too, is the pickups. I think originally I when we shot it, um, it, it was, uh, it was really. a little different. And uh, when we came back and did it, we really nailed it. Mm -hmm. Are you? Of course, he has no idea that Nurse Russell has inhabited her body. This was something, too, that I always was worried about, especially when people read the script way back when. They always said, oh, I always could figure out that Meg was uh, Nurse Russell. And I, 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 I don't, I, people have seen this and they've never No, no, but now, but now that it's put together, I think oh. it worked really well in the way we structured it, is that, you know, you might sense that maybe there's something going Isn't on, but you never visual? pick it out. I think that's such a, a great visual effect. It's a nice, nice shot. Dee was such film. a trooper, too. She did green screen, she did the acting, I mean, she did it all. And this originally, he was on fire at this point, yeah. and that, this, we had to rejigger this whole ending with when the visual effects came in because digital fire, just hard to do on a, on a low budget. So um, I think I took it um, to show what we could do because we were locked. I said, look, if we move these around and everybody signed off on it, and actually I think it makes the movie better because I moved, I moved everything around and it, it kind of, it was kind of a tricky little puzzle because you had to get certain elements in there. To show you the way? Or it didn't work. I have to show you the light. And you worked on that for quite a while. You both did, yeah. Yeah, that I mean, there was quite sequence. a number of efforts made there, and Anthony's mm -hmm. right. I think he went off over a weekend or something and worked on that. That was that was Dee's green screen. And then, and then this actually came off. I love the way his face is kind of shrinking here. It's just kind of good, good effect. And then that's a great effect, the door blowing. And then suddenly she has blood all over her shirt. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she had blood on her shirt before. She did. Which never shot her. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. So Here, this next part is what we just had to put our foot down and say. Oh, the boo-hoo. Well, they were walking out of it, and they're going, put knock, knock. There was supposed to be a little sheet over here that uh, they thought maybe was another ghost or something, and it was on the, the coat stand. We said, no. No, Anthony, this is not funny. He goes, knock, knock, who's there? Boo. Boo-hoo. Oh, don't worry. It's over or something dumb like that. This was actually earlier, and this was part of restructuring it. The only frustration at the end of the day is I feel that this movie has like 80 endings. You know, it's like, oh, it's over. No, okay, all right, here we go. Here's another ending. Oh, another ending. But uh, see, isn't this cool? How the the hospital's kind of shutting down now. I just, I love this stuff. The bookend. Yeah. yeah. Good atmosphere. There's this thing. This was added uh, once we cut that other dialogue line out. 
I would lose this scene in the director's cut and just cut to them outside the hospital because it just drags it on too long. Uh, they look up there. Originally, the another thing of, of our budget, they look at the hospital and there's cracks and there's things that are supposed to be there. We just didn't have time or money because it was at the end of the shoot um, to do that digitally. And then the original end title song, because we couldn't afford it though, was uh, I Fall to Pieces by Patsy Cline. Um, Patsy Cline is a great artist, but she doesn't work for this movie. Oh, this would have worked so well. <laughs> I Fall to Pieces. Oh, Imagine I Fall to Pieces. Alan Howard did such it, a good it job. It would have been really music. funny. This debate uh, will never yeah, end. Yeah, and, and, and this reference to director's cut, I mean, you got your cut, Anthony. I, mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got to tell you guys, this is probably the most fun I've ever had working on a film. Seriously. Uh, this has just been a blast, and I had a great time. It was fun shooting it. It's been fun in, you know, in the post, and, and it's, it's just a lot of fun. I mean, Anthony, you are a great writer and a wonderful director, even though you're sometimes spasmodic, but... <laughs> but Always uh, spasmodic, but... Well, you know, uh, the thing is that, you know, I appreciate what you gave me. You gave me a great opportunity because over the years, you know, I had to do second unit and all these effects. How many people, a lot of people read the script and said no, and I yeah. said no at first, then a few years later said, all right. But, but you're the only guy that said, you when know, you, people, you people, wanted, people wanted the script, they didn't want me as a director because I didn't direct before, and you're the only guy that basically said, okay, we'll do it. And you never said, oh, but you haven't directed before. You saw my reel of stuff, and it was, it was good enough for you. And and I know Brian fought to get this made as well, and you know I think Brian and Sherry was involved in the development of the script. I had a great crew, a great, uh, a great bunch of people. Ralph Sycamore, that was my, uh, that was my alias in high school, and so I, that was me as a mental patient. There's a couple other people worth mentioning: oh Mike Green and Dennis Gasawara. Oh, they Mike really Green, best AD in the helped world. us to get through the film. And, also, uh, thank my wife and my daughter Pam and uh, and Juliana, my little daughter. They they put up with so unit, much uh, during this. It was such a unit. long, long DP Jeff did a good post job. And uh, we had a hell of a crew. We really, really did. Sherry Gunderman. Oh my God. I will. I. I, I shouldn't say I'll never work with another scripty, but she was She's a great, great script supervisor. We had a lot of good people. Great uh, storyboard. Eric people. Morrow helped us mm -hmm. on publicity. Really good people, and always worked hard. Never, ever griped ever about the long hours we had. And, uh, we didn't really have long hours because the, the fire marshal shut us down at 12 oh, hours. Right. We did <laughs> for we a did. while. We, we had, had long, long hours. Long we hours. had long hours. We worked afterwards, but um, we, you know we were stuck to like the 12 hour thing, and that. You know, we had some second lunches. I mean, yeah, but not that long. We got an extra 30 minutes or something. It was uh, it was pretty tight. We had a lot of good people. And Alan Howarth came in. We had Kerry James did some really yep. nice music, and then Alan came in, who's who I've known for years. He he scored a, a short film I called God Talk and. He just added so much stuff. Anthony uh, co-wrote and performed a couple of the songs in there. Yeah, with Robbie Wrist, we did uh, a... In fact, his vocals are there in the... Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, singing I mean, the blues. We forgot to point that out. Yeah, oh, thank oh, God. No. When you watch... But, I mean, uh, seriously, if you think about it, we had Jeanette Fuller, we mm -hmm. had Lorraine Martin, we had Pat Murphy, and uh, Pat was a good Christian that really I appreciate having on. Uh, Josh was a friend of his. I mean, Kenny, JJ, a lot of these people were very, very important to just the overall attitude of the film and, and working great for us. I think we, first of all, we should be thanking the fans that are buying this movie and watching it and are now listening to the commentary, which they certainly don't have to do, but I hope we let them know about some things. Tony Timpone, very important guy that supported this thing from the beginning. Gave me my first break as a journalist. Uh, Memory a of big, Duchess, big the dog, because she she uh, was such a good actor in the movie and then passed away right no, I'm, I'm very proud of this movie, don't get me wrong. You should be. I, 
like, I am too. It's like a, it's it's a it was a great experience. There's our website. Go you to know, our website. For a first time filmmaker <laughs> to be able to get over get away. You have to listen. Listen to the last sound tagline here. I. I think a lot of people don't don't listen oh, to the final oh, tagline. Go this far. But but a lot of people should because the final tagline, you don't have a ghost of a chance by by Steven, who is now Mr. Ralph. <laughs> we better uh, wrap this yeah, up. Yeah, we need to wrap it up. All right, All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, thanks, everybody. Everyone. Good editing job, Chris. Thanks. I know it was a bitch to do, but it was good. Thanks, All right. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you. Thank you. And, and you Sherry Bryant, this would not happen if Sherry had not <laughs> oh, done all the job you, she did. So. All right, everybody. Good job. Thanks for coming in. Bye bye. And look for Boo Too. Boo Hoo. Boo Too. Boo Hoo.